It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 16, the third-party risk management process. As every compliance practitioner is well aware, third parties still present the highest risk under the FCPA. The 2019 guidance devotes an entire prong to third-party management. It clearly specifies that the DOJ expects an integrated approach that is operationalized throughout the company. This means you have to have a process for the full life cycle of third-party risk management. There are five steps in the life cycle of third-party risk management, which will fulfill the DOJ requirements, which were first laid out in the 2012 guidance and in the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. Those five steps are, number one, business justification. Number two, questionnaire to third party. Number three, due diligence on third party. Number four, compliance terms and conditions, including payment terms in your contract. And number five, management and oversight of the third party after contract signing. Number one, business justification. The purpose of the business justification is to document the satisfactoriness of the business case to retain a third party. The business justification should be included in the compliance review file assembled on every third party at the time of the initial certification and again if the third party relationship is renewed. It is mandatory that this document be filled out and completed by the business sponsor who will be the primary contact with the third party for the life of the business relationship. Number two, the questionnaire. The term questionnaire is mentioned several times in the 2012 FCPA guidance. It is generally recognized as one of the tools that a company should complete in its investigation to understand better with whom it is doing business. This requirement is not only a key step, but a mandatory step for any third party that desires to do work with your company. If a third party does not want to fill out a questionnaire or will not fill it out completely, run, don't walk away from doing business with such a party. One thing you should keep in mind is that you will likely have pushback from your business team in making many of the inquiries. However, most proposed agents that have done business with any U.S. or U.K. company will have gone through this process. Indeed, they understand that providing this information on a timely basis, they can set themselves apart as more attractive to U.S. businesses. Number three, due diligence. Most compliance practitioners understand the need for a robust due diligence program to investigate third parties but have struggled with how to create an inventory to define the basis of risk for each foreign business partner and therefore perform the requisite due diligence. Getting your arms around due diligence can sometimes seem like bewildering for the compliance professional. The purpose is to encourage businesses to put in place due diligence procedures that adequately inform the application of proportionate measures designed to prevent persons designed rather associated with a company from engaging in bribery and corruption on their behalf. Due diligence acts as both a procedure in for anti-bribery risk assessment and a risk mitigation technique. Therefore, they both operate as compliance internal controls. After you've completed steps one through three, are you ready to move to step four, the contract? According to the guidance, additional considerations include payment terms, how those payment terms compare to terms typically in the industry and the country, as well as the timing of third parties' introduction to the business. This means you need to understand what the rate of commission is and whether it is reasonable for the services delivered. If the rate is too high, this could be indicia of 
corruption as high commission rates can create a pool of money to be used to pay bribes. If your company uses distributor models on the sales side, then it needs to review discount rates it provides to distributors to ascertain the discount rate is warranted. The contract. You must evaluate the information and show it has been used in your process. If it is incomplete, it must be completed. If there are red flags which have appeared, these red flags must be cleared or you have demonstrated how you will manage the risk identified. In other words, you must document that you have read, synthesized, and evaluated the information garnered in the business justification questionnaire and due diligence steps beforehand. Remember, a compliance program is a living, evolving ecosystem and not simply a check-the-box exercise. And finally, number five, management of the relationship. While the work done in steps one through four above are absolutely critical, if you do not manage the relationship, it will all go downhill very quickly and you might find yourself in a potential FCPA or other violation. There are several different ways you should manage your post-contract relationship. The evaluation clearly is focused on several key components that you need to evaluate, then reevaluate during the pendency of the relationship. Incentivizing through compensation issues, training and ongoing monitoring through oversight and auditing are all key tools that the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission expect you to use going forward after the contract is signed. So what are the three key takeaways? Well, the first is the five-step process in the life cycle of a third-party relationship and third-party risk management. Every one of these steps is mandatory, except that if you cannot get information or utilize one step as much as all of the other steps, it simply puts more pressure on other steps. So for instance, if you cannot get uh, beneficial ownership information, you have a UBO, an unidentified beneficial owner, you may consider this uh, in the context of managing the relationship thereafter. But recognize that if you can't do all five steps satisfactorily, you're moving towards a higher risk of that third party And that's something that the Department of Justice will certainly take into account if it turns out all of your third-party agents are high risk. Number two, make sure you have business development involvement and buy-in. Cannot emphasize enough that the business must be the group that provides the business justification. The compliance practitioner and compliance function can and should oversee this and review it, but it should not be provided by the compliance function, the business unit, Uh, must provide the business justification. This will help their involvement and buy-in. And finally, operationalize all steps going forward by including the business unit representatives. Remember, these third parties are a commercial relationship, and that means that the business unit needs to take the lead in managing this relationship going forward. It's absolutely critical that you have business unit buy-in and involvement. Never forget that if you don't have that, you're going to seriously jeopardize your overall operationalization of your compliance program. By more fully operationalizing this third-party lifecycle management, you will have a better opportunity to communicate with, oversee, manage, monitor, and then improve that relationship from the compliance perspective. Also, never forget this is a process, and as a process, it can be improved. So you can improve your business efficiency as well. 
Hope you've enjoyed day 16, the third-party risk management process, and you will join me again tomorrow for another episode. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow when I take up another strategy, tactic, or pointer that you can use in your compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.